Hi, I'm Liz Tapia. And I'm Brian Ziegler from the band Dark Beauty. And you're, you're listening, listening to, to the, the Freeform, Freeform Rock Podcast. Podcast. You are listening to the Freeform Rock Podcast. Is everybody in? Is everybody in? Is everybody in? The ceremony is about to begin. Well, I think Trigger the Toe were definitely worried about what came next, and we definitely thought would it work? So we did what we always do, is we said, let's go in and try a bit of writing. See what happens. I think we had a great great deal of fear about uh, how people would see us without Peter. Um, I think we were very confident we could write material that was strong enough. Um, and uh, the, the problem was obviously the first of all, finding a singer. And then even if we found a singer, how people would respond to that new singer. Although I, I loved Pete and still do, you know, my feeling of, well, we'll just carry on as a four piece. Forget the vocals, we'll just carry on as an instrumental four-piece, which is what I said. There was no slight on him, it was actually meant to be the fact that I thought we could just carry on and, and still do it. And in fact, uh, in doing it, proved to people that we weren't Pete's band. Well, I think initially what happened was that, you know, we, we sort of thought at a certain point that, that Phil could probably sing some of the songs. He'd done a, you know, obviously done things like More Fool Me and done a lot of backup singing to, to, to Pete on, on various songs uh, prior. Uh, so we felt he knew he had a lovely soft voice. So we, we thought things like Ripples and um, Mad Man Moon, things like that would be great for his voice. But we really weren't sure that he was, we never even contemplated that he'd be any right for Squonk or Volcano, these things that required a bit more power. And yes, we did get, um, we'd obviously recorded the song and we did get this singer that we liked and he came in and sang on it. He was our big hope. He'd made it through those audition processes and sort of arrived. So we did, we laid down all the backing tracks and invited this guy in to sing. Squonk was the first one. And um, it was plainly the wrong key for the guy. So there was no way he was gonna sound good. And so then Phil said, let me have a try at it. Cause I think the, 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 the the rather sort of the crunchy voice that the Peter had, that cracks a bit, you know, that side of the voice. Phil hadn't really got or done yet, um, but he had a go at it, and it, it sounded good. That was probably the, that was, I think the turning point, really. I think after years of, of doing, um, you know, the Artful Dodger and being trained as a child actor and all that kind of stuff, I think that he had the idea in, in his younger days that being a drummer was a much more respectable gig. And um, he probably wouldn't have come forward as, as the lead singer if Peter hadn't left. But then, you know, in the old days, um, Pete and Phil used to twin vocals a lot of the time and it used to sound like a kind of automatic double track. And, you know, because they had a similar kind of edge to their voices. I mean, different singers, of course, both very soulful in different ways. Um, but, um, I don't know, I'm just very glad it happened, frankly. And then we went through the songs one by one, knocking them off, really. And we finished the album, I don't know, I don't know how long it took, a couple of weeks probably, finished the album, and said, right, that's it. Now let's find a singer to go and take it on the road, you know, so we went again through a very half-hearted audition process. 
And really, we didn't do it seriously. We just thought we'd find a singer, and then we realised once we started looking that we were just doing the same thing we'd just done. So my first wife, I believe, suggested, why don't you do it? Um, and I kind of, the whole, whole idea of coming out from behind the drum kit appalled me, really. But um, as I'd done the album, there didn't seem to be much alternative, so. I think the fact that we could, we've got Bill Bruford at that point, you know, it was an important addition for us. So uh, a drummer that, um, that Phil understood, you know, that knew and liked and, and felt could do the job. So, so that kind of whole package sort of happened all in one go like that, really. I think it's pretty rare that a band has got that ability to be able to, as I say, within the ranks, have someone that could just follow on uh, that professionally. It was just a lot of luck involved in it. We had a singer who was good enough in the band to take over from Peter, and for that reason, that I think the fans had no trouble, you know, um, considering Phil as, as the man. I remember Trick of the Tail. We were trying to. We had a brief. We said, let's try and be a bit more instrumental because we thought you know, some of our strongest passages in the past without Peter were instrumental moments. Um, but of course, as always, you have no control and it's a heavily vocal album. Through a cracking mother, a blazing heart, the molten rock spills out over the land. Dance to Volcano was, was the most started off um, with, for day one, when Mike, Phil and I were there because Steve in fact was finishing off his solo album and we came in the studio and we just started improvising and, the, and what became the first part of, of, of uh, Dance to Volcano came out of that and I, I was at that moment I felt you know having come in with a little bit of trepidation of well, what's going to happen how's it going to be without being all that we wrote that and I thought this is great you know I'm really excited by this and, and I think it set us off in, in a really good direction. It kind of embodied all that Genesis did well which, which was quite majestic powerful stuff Interesting rhythms, good melodies. It's like an AR man, don't I? But it's actually, no, it did. I, th I think Volcano really, uh, the intro had a drama and excitement. And if you'd heard it, you'd kind of go, oh, what's that? That sounds great. Um, but on a song like, for example, Entangled, which was Steve had come in with this, this really nice sort of guitar bit, and it happened to be in, in 3 4. And I had this chorus that I had, that was sort of hanging around. I hadn't got any home for it, which was in 3 4 as well. So we tried the two together. Uh, and it worked really well. And it kind of, what uh, Steve had written really didn't have a chorus. It needed something to kind of lead you to it. So it was sort of, if we can help you, we will that bit. I had this sort of split. I did written written on the piano, in fact, and I transferred it to guitar. And with the voice then singing what the piano used to play, which is kind of like the way the chords change, produced quite a nice sort of harmony piece, I think. And it makes for, I think Entangle's one of my favorite songs on the album. I think it's, it makes for a very strong combination with the, the lyric written by Steve, which are, I think works really well as well. What I used to do was probably throw in a few riffs and, and licks rather than whole songs. Um, although there was Entangled and there was Los Endos and um, the outro of, what was it, Dance on a Volcano, those sort of things, you know, sort of kick in with those. Um, ideas, but I'd just come off the back of, of having done a solo th thing, so I was fairly dry of, of ideas and I was having to think on my feet and it wasn't really until the following album, Wind and Wuthering, that I'd amassed a lot of uh, uh, stuff to, to, to throw at everybody.
a fair amount of the album with, with, with some scratch. Volcano was just a jam that started. Skonk just sort of came on the day, I think, I can't remember. Um, and uh, Los Enos was a sort of jam thing that we developed. So um, it was quite uh, sort of live and jammy at that stage. Skonk was a musical standout. I mean, I've always liked that. Um, the idea of that. I mean, that was always our Zeppelin kind of song. You know, that was our kind of a bit of cashmere, a bit of when the levee breaks. I mean, you, it, when you listen to it, it doesn't sound like that, but that's what it was meant to be. These heavy guitar chords and sort of me with my John Bonham hat on. Well, Los Endos, I think, it works very well. I mean, it certainly sounded a great live piece. It was great fun to play, and I felt we'd, you know, it really rounded off the album well. It was kind of more my baby than anybody else's. I mean, obviously, melodically, you know, I'd say, down, 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 and Tony would sort of make sense of the kind of the humming it. And uh, of course, it's become a, you know, over the years it's one of the long-lasting songs from that album because it was a great stage song. And then we reprised Squonk at the end of it because that was kind of a, kind of gave the album a bit of a bookends feel. So uh, that's always been one of my favourite um, things on the record, Los Endos. I think Los Endos, in a way, is quite a special track, and it's becoming more and more special in my mind as time goes on, actually, because. Um, not many bands do a sort of what I call a seven-minute instrumental with a sort of jazzy feel, and uh, we're still playing it. it came out, I think it was a funny thing. There was a certain element of of the, the public who who really were quite glad to to not have Pete there because he's sort of made it kind of seem so strange, you know. <laughs> In some ways, but I mean, other part of that I really like. But, but anyhow, there was a kind of so you some people who had had a bit of trouble with, with Pete. It was a time to reassess, put it like that. And we we're also lucky that at that particular period in time, you didn't need a hit single because obviously there's no hit single on this album. And I think a lot of the existing fans really liked it, and and then we've got some new fans, and it just seemed to sort of take off, I suppose. Really, I mean, I think the previous album having in a double album as well meant that this album had a chance. You know, it's it was a bit easier for people to take in. And then it did very well, and um, I think a lot of people had a reappraisal of Genesis too. Actually, I think people who hadn't liked us heard a slightly different sound and um, gave us another chance. It, it felt great because the band was on the grow. We managed to survive the loss of of our erstwhile lead singer, and um, Phil was doing a great job taking over. I mean, doing it in another kind of another kind of way, I mean, in a much less dressy, more kind of earthy kind of way. Yeah, audiences um, really were behind me, behind us, but behind me succeeding in this new role because they still had their band, you know. I mean, if, if I hadn't made it happen or if it hadn't have worked or if they hadn't embraced the album and then the live version of it, um, it you know, we wouldn't be here talking now. <laughs> Welcome to another edition of the Free Four Rock, Rock Podcast, where people don't shut up when I start recording. I tell them, okay, I'm going to start. Fucking A. Jerry, man. What's up, brother? What's going on, man? How is everybody doing today? Not Sorry here. I'm trying to finish up something here real quick. I apologize. Um, today we have uh, one of our very best, uh, very best guests we have on our show. Joseph Staub, how you doing, man? Doing good, doing good. Thanks as always for having me on. I'm excited for this one. 
Yeah, this is actually your pick. Yeah. So we'll let you. Yeah. Let me introduce. Uh, of course, we know we got Mark, myself, and of course we got the star, Charles Trainer. Man, how are you doing? Man, uh, you know, two weeks in a row. Two weeks in a row of uh, wonderful times here on the Freeform Rock Podcast, and uh, man, Joseph Stop could pick. Everybody's in the mood to pick horror movies, and I just say, the ultimate horror movie, it kills all of them. Nothing will ever top it, is live without a net. <laughs> Nothing more scary than that film. Pretty uh, but if Joseph came on here and said, let's review the audio of Live Without a Net, I would do it, so it doesn't matter. He's one of my favorite guests, and uh, yeah, oh. of course you have um, but yeah, I mean, we're doing, uh, his pick, and hey, man, hey, I stuck him with Weezer, I, I bet he was, you know, kind of like, yeah, but, you know, listen to the review, folks, <laughs> I think he did end up liking a song or two more than he thought he would, but hey, it's Weezer, and that's okay, and that's fair game, so, back to you, uh, Johnny Carson of the Freeform Rock, Hat, Rock Podcast, Mark Alden Taylor. Johnny Carson, I'm Conan O'Brien, bitch. <laughs> well, that bitch shit. There we go with that again. I call everybody a bitch. It's, it's a term yeah, of endearment. Fool with me. Don't do that shit. Hey, you know, you know, Charles, you are my bitch. No, I'm joking. <laughs> I'm your bitch, man. Oh, <laughs> all right. Nobody's a bitch. I know that. But I'll tell you this. I know you slip it out occasionally. Yeah, I do. You, I you've never been locked up. You'll learn about not about calling dudes bitch if you get locked up. You'll learn. Oh yeah, I won't drop. I, I'll make sure not drop the soap. Also, I wouldn't worry about the soap dropping. Can't <laughs> <laughs> oh, go willy nilly in the clink with the word bitch. That's I gotta just make the, sure I'm a good citizen, and fucking China doesn't take us over. I'll be great. Uh, yeah. But uh, we're yeah. working on. Oh, we're <laughs> yeah. Work. yeah. But man, uh, how you guys doing out there, man? We got fucking shit going on this week around the world. We got fucking a new Stones album dropping. We got all this shit fucking going on in the world of, just in the world in general, man. Taylor Swift having a new movie out, shit like that. Which, Boy! Which Bob Hay is pet pissed because Michael Jackson's movie did better. But, uh, ah, but he said because he was dead. <laughs> anyway. well, Michael Jackson is more important to humanity. Yeah. Then, don't worry, Bob. Don't worry, Bob. And this is a, you'll be on soon enough. Don't worry. We got something for you, pal. <laughs> oh boy. I I've already told him that that he's gonna get to go off on uh, Rothschilds. So. Uh, yeah. Enough said. Enough said. You'll be on soon enough, pal. <laughs> Here, your wonderful opines, and it will be a blast. I guarantee you that. But hey, Tay Tay, again. That's not our music, man. I mean, whatever. It's just. But we did I'm review scared. of it slowly. She's kind like of in here now. She like came in like a fungus. No, dude. No. Hey, your daughter's awesome. There you go. Gabby, you're, acting you're, cool. like, you're acting like it's Van Hagar or something really beyond. <laughs> well, I like Van Hagar, so come on. It wasn't bad. It wasn't like fucking stream or anything like that. Yeah. Oh, God, not it's. Nine-Armed Def Leppard, the only band in the history of rock 
They've got worse and worse and worse and worse every release. Starting pretty, with pretty much correct. Pretty on much this. Yeah. I think Mark? it stayed the same after every release until uh, yes. Songs from the Sparkle Lounge and X was a little off. But I loved Euphoria. I like the one, the it Generalized. I like those albums. There's some good songs on all. You can find at least four to five good Def Leppard songs on each of those releases. Can, really. They're not totally <laughs> fucking shit. Well, uh, I, I guess I'll keep searching. I haven't found them yet. Yeah. You didn't like, take what you want. Take what you need. You I love that fuck. Even five. Def Leppard haters like that song. I was like, yeah, surprised you, you don't like it. Five, you can't find five good songs from History On. What's you can't. That's a, that's, a, that's, a, that's a tough challenge there. It really is. That is. When love and hate hate collide. Oh, I mean, that's I, I was cut, you know, budget cuts on the BS, but there's your BS idea for some down, we're down the road. <laughs> the Def Leppard find five good songs from Hysteria on the challenge. For me, they'd all be from Hysteria. None of them will be that great. <laughs> There's only two. There's <laughs> only two. Yeah. You know I'm right, Mark Alden Taylor. God damn it. No, I, I could pick fucking 10, 12, 30, 40 good songs after Hysteria, man. 40? 40? Have they released 40 songs since Hysteria? Yeah, dude, from fucking euphoria fucking x they're uh god knows i've never heard them oh i have i've got x on vinyl <laughs> more power to you so you're, yeah. so you're the guy that bought it okay yeah, so so that's it. like that's like people being proud that they own sonic boom on vinyl like what's your point hey i, I, I want that on, i want that on vinyl because i needed to complete my collection but i ain't playing 150 bucks for it uh, they'll release it soon enough in a box oh, somebody has, jerry somebody has it somebody has a fucking Copy of that and want to sell it cheap, let me know. You know they just re-released Psycho Circus on vinyl. Yeah, oh, I bought it. So Ooh, that'd know, be a great one to pick up. You know, I have it. You know Thunder, uh, well that, what, Sonic <laughs> Boom or whatever probably is next? Monster? Sonic Boom is about equally as if not as shitty as Crazy Nights. Yeah. I need that I need that and Killer is completely like Kiss Clubs. Not the thousand of fucking... Uh, Greatest hits album, the compilations that they have. I look for killers for you. Maybe I can find something here in Europe. That'd be cool. Fucking killers. Yeah, one time I, hey, did you know? I mean, one time I was lucky. I lost it because I'm an idiot, but I had the uh, EMI version of Paul McCartney's All the Best, and it had different tracks on it. Wow. Yeah, it had Pipes of Peace. Nice. Well, Mark, Mark's sleeping on us. It's here. like we we need to do fucking uh, unmask because I like crazy we, nights and so. We I, should because I I, 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 sent my, I sent that to my daughter. Sorry, Mark, but I sent it to my daughter, and she was like, "How dare you make fun of me for that emo music?" I like some emo music. Yeah, well, yeah, My <laughs> Chemical Romance. Yeah, I like My Chemical of... Romance. Get I down. Said, oh, that's my sum. Dude, I'll say it before and I'll say it again. I know Unmasked is not their best. I know it. But it's the one that brought me to the dance. It's a special place in my heart. And I'm thankful that Ace had three songs, not really good ones, mm -hmm. but Ace was on it. Yeah. And I'm, I'm and singing and doing I was thankful for that. I mean, I was. But yeah, it's not. 
it's not like fucking rock and roll over or you know any of the great mm-hmm. ones. I'd but, just get Jeff Beers for that episode, I'm, dude. Floppy poppy bullshit as you love. I, I'm really surprised you don't like it. Yeah, I am too. That's like Mark, yeah. that's a, Mark, Mark, that, Mark Sally. The band opinion. is, like you guys say, when Sammy joined, and I agree with it, didn't sound like the original Van Halen. When they went to that sound, that wasn't the kiss I liked. That was weird. It's fucking yeah. weird. Yeah. Yes. So, yes. Up to Destroyer, man. I, I like all those albums. Up to Destroyer a lot. It's like there's a, You don't like Rock and Roll Over you? Oh, rock, rock and Roll Over. Yeah, I forgot that was after Destroyer. So was Love Gun. Love Gun. Well, all those albums ex- up to Dynasty. 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 I like Dynasty. Dynasty's okay. pretty cool. But Unmasked, <laughs> I want to I want to get Jeff Beers on there cuz Jeff Beers will go with Charles and probably, I don't know, on that album. <laughs> he went on Crazy Nights with me, so we got to get <laughs> see where he goes hey, on I know that, that was a painful fucking episode. <laughs> you I know picked it. And I picked it. I was going to say, I picked it. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was a self-inflicted yeah. gunshot wound. Yeah, exactly. You know, Sometimes I gotta fucking, you know, yeah. pay for my fucking uh, shitty picks and I paid uh-huh. for them. No, that was a great pick. Because that way I got to tell the truth and about with that fucking crap album that Mark says is as good as Lick It Up and Creatures. I mean, uh, what the fuck? I like Bon Jovi. I like Bon Jovi, so there you go. That makes sense. It It makes Um, sense. Come on. I'm just saying, just stay a non-Kiss fan. Just just declare it. I'm not a Kiss fan. I'm a casual Kiss listener. I've said that. You're not not allowed to wear the hat, man. I don't have the hat. I won't never have a hat or shirt. But I'm just, I'm just saying, I like the rock and roll over shirt. That that shirt is fucking big. You ever seen them live? Why would I want to? I, the the time See, I started, not, yeah. the time I yeah. started liking their music, is when they were shit. You're not a fan. It was after the reunion tour when Ace and Peter left. I didn't like how they sounded. You know, I would like I liked Ace Frehley. So if I wanted to see Kiss, Ace would have to be there. Well. Maybe Jerry and I know Joseph, but Joseph's slightly younger than me. But I know Jerry backed me up on this. I wasn't very fortunate to see concerts. I was always grounded. I was basically butters in school. I was always grounded. I was in trouble. You're grounded, Mister. Grounded, yeah. man. Oh, jeez. Yeah, jeez, whiz. But the first time I got to see Kiss was the original lineup. And that was like a religious experience for me. Because that's the lineup I love. Maybe if I saw them with the original lineup, I might be different about kids. That's what kids do. I didn't grow See. I didn't grow up with this band, man. It, it I knew Doctor Love. That's about it. See, the mm-hmm. first time I saw Kiss was the Sonic Boom Tour. Feel bad for me. <laughs> my first, my first yeah. was Asylum. Asylum was my first one. But I like wow, Asylum. Nice. That's a good album. Nice. They they couldn't draw fucking tour. they couldn't draw anything back then. They were playing a small fucking amphitheater on that tour. I mean, their their, their sales were horrible. Well, at least Kiss never so, played Ribfest, right? True, and that's yeah. what well they were on the road to it, and yeah, that's what kills me when people say, "Oh, Vinnie Vincent saved the band." No, bringing back Ace and Peter in makeup saved that band. Mm-hmm. They were fucking dead. In America, at least, definitely. They were. I mean, they were still. They were always doing big shows over in South America and stuff in Japan, but in America, they were dead. 
Well, I mean, yeah, the, reve- the, 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 the revenge tour, they yeah. had half the fucking arena tarped off, man. Yep. It was That's, nobody there. We've, we've been there before, man. America's musical taste is fucking what's next. It's not yep. like they don't support artists. They don't support legacy acts. They don't support nothing. Even if legacy acts make new albums, they ain't supporting it. They'll go to the shows to, like, soccer moms want to see pour some sugar uh, on me, you know, stuff like Lessons that. Lessons Metallica. Or Guns N' Roses. Metallica or Guns N' Roses, yeah. You know, or, all these other bands are just climbing for the, the sheds or the fucking casino circuit. So happy to hear you say Guns N' Roses, Mark Alden Taylor. Now you've accepted that they're like Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> yeah, they're like you too. They could do a fucking deal in Vegas like that. If they they are. Oh, yeah. But the thing is, Springsteen and you two keep making good music. Do they? Yeah. Do they? That's news to me. Yeah. To me. To, that's that's to a news bullet that I missed out on. I'm in YouTube groups, and it's like about 75-25 on the Atomic City song. So they're, they're kind of honest. There's people who hate it, and there's people who love it. Even YouTube fans are fighting over the new shit. It's funny. I don't say anything. I just sit there and Somebody eat popcorn. Yeah, I would do a timeshare or something in Vegas and go to that. Noel Gallagher went to that. There you go, man. There you go. Yeah, I knew you were going to say that. He's stupid on that. He likes. He loves Bono. I know. Liam's the smart one. Liam yeah. likes Bono, too. He's just being a, a contrarian. No, we don't. That's some Bob Hayes property. I, th- I, th- I, th- I think Liam... I think Liam just acts this way because it, it's his shtick, man. He, he's got to keep that fucking I hate fuck you shit attitude Unfortunately, going on. Unfortunately, definitely maybe tour is only going to be in, like, England. But I, if I'm still in this part of the woods, I might try to pull it off. And guess what I read today? Judas Priest in Saxon is going to be in Krakow in March. I missed the fuck. Saxon. Judas Priest in Saxon? I've seen Judas Priest just with the fucking uh, Queen's Rag. I'm going to try to figure out if I'm still around these neck of the woods how to go to that one. you yeah. got to go to that. Judas Priest rules. Long live with Saxon, too? Yeah. Saxon rules, Hell dude. Yeah. Biff can still sing, man. Uh, I was mad I missed Megadeth and Creator. Damn. Even though, fuck Megadeth, though. You know. <laughs> yeah. Creator would have been awesome. I would have loved to have seen Creator. But Megadeth and Creator would have been awesome. I mean, yeah. just for the... I'm sorry, Mark, you know. Go go on, do a quick inventory on Go Boingo right there. Us metalheads will talk about Creator for a minute there. And, can, I, can, I, can, I, can I say something? I didn't bring up Boingo Boingo. Wait, actually, I, since I have to. brought up, what's I hear about yeah. Danny Elfman has another charge against him? He does? He has a charge? about uh, Something. I read something a couple of days ago about him... I can't remember what I was going to text Well, if he did something him. shit, send him to jail. He's still a musical uh, genius. I can't remember. I, can't, I remember. That, that's what I, was gonna, oh, I still like Michael Jackson. He was a pedophile, and that fucking No, he wasn't. No, 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 no. I'm just saying that I still like Michael Jackson. If I don't have the truth, I ain't going to fucking judge. There you go. Uh, here, here it is. I'm, I'm looking at it right now. He uh, Second sexual assault charge. Oh. Have you... You know you know who he's married to? I don't care. But no, but no. Have, listen, uh, I don't Fonda, mean to be misogynistic it? or anything. He's married to fucking Bridget Fonda. Now, yeah. yeah but have you seen which? No, for years. Yeah, it's like years. you clean shaven. Have you seen her lately? 
Yes, he looks like you if you were clean shaven. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> You're welcome. Come on, I mean, who, did, who didn't like have a crush? Like who didn't have a crush on Bridget Fonda back then? She was all right. She was okay. I'm not. You love run for your life, but huh? people. This is one of your favorites. Run for your life. Oh God! With another man, that's the Jerry end. paused his picture because he's stiff. Move, move your head. Chilling. He's, he's looking cool. I like it. <laughs> he's laid back, man. He doesn't like us looking at him. He's shy. I'm just teasing you, man. We we we. Follow my picture. You can't see. It's frozen. Froze. You're just. You're froze, dude. (laughs) Really? I'm not on my screen. Yeah, you have been for like five minutes. Yeah, it's a long time now. (laughs) Yeah, for the audio listeners, man, he's just we're just making fun of because we're looking at each other because we stepped on each other on an ass jack episode. So now we got to see until we interject to see. Hey, this guy's talking. Shut up, bitch. I ain't even calling myself a bitch because. Fucking Charles kept calling me out on that fucking episode. I had it fucking kept responding. But man, let's get to what we're doing today, man. I'm going to let Joseph introduce this, man, because he picked it. Yeah, so uh, with all the little snide comments we've made back and forth over over the past few months to each other, particularly between me and Mark versus the other two about Phil Collins, I had to pick a Genesis episode. I had to. And what better, what better album to pick than the first of the Phil Collins fronted Genesis albums, and that is A Trick of the Tale from 1976. So that's what we're going to be talking about here today. Nice, man. And, uh, yeah, I was going to say thank yeah, you. When, when, I, when, I, when I see an eight-song album and I look and it says 52 minutes, I'm like, oh, boy. <laughs> Jerry? 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 Did you like Yes back then in the same era? No, I, I told you. I am a, I am a Raven-era Yes fan more than I am the regular. I got few of Yes Yes has a three-song album. Yeah, I know. <laughs> okay, I'm just saying. And I don't like it. And I don't like oh, it. Oh, that album rules. Relayer? Yeah. Relayer. Oh, it's, got some, it's got some decent Steve Howe guitar work. I'm, not, I'm never a Howe fan, so. Game of the Warriors is one of my favorite Yes Trevor, songs. Trevor Rabin is, like, awesome. That new album, Rio, but I don't know why he called his name album Rio. There's only one great album named Rio. He didn't have to go on that one. Well, I'll bring up he that. named it after his daughter, and it's his daughter's name, dude. I don't know, Jerry. Turn on your camera so we know you're talking. Up your it's right on. <laughs> okay. No, it's not. You're froze, sir. You're froze. I'm not frozen. I can see me on here. Yeah. Well, we can. <laughs> Turn it off. Yes. You've been locked in this position for like eight minutes at least. Just the absolute resting bitch face going on in Jerry's picture right now. Yeah, and it's really cool. Take a screenshot, Mark. Oh yeah, please I, do. I don't know how to do that on a computer. <laughs> Shit. Uh, control, uh, control... Control V. Control V. V, Control V or V? V. That's it. Just just send it to Jerry so he can see. Yeah, we've been looking at this for like a while. (laughs) It's funnier and shit. It's like, I don't know how to describe it. That's pretty interesting. We're all live, living color, and... The Ed McMahon is just chilling. <laughs> just looking at probably Ohio State score. We beat him. That's what he looks like. He's just like, he's like a robot, dude. I can't stay still that long. God dang. Oh, he went off. Now, on. now he bounced. <laughs> well, he's probably going to restart his thing. All right, man. But we're getting, I'm going to wait for Jerry, man. I'm going to pause yeah, we'll this. Pause. 
All right, we're doing genocide according to Charles here, but man, we're talking and Jerry fucking froze genocide. on us for a while. Uh, so we just restarted this shit, but uh, man, I had information on this fucking album. <laughs> well, let's let's let Jerry get into his love or whatever the fuck he thinks about Genesis. Okay, then I'll you, do the stats after. You know what? I I, I never. I, I, I couldn't tell the difference between a Phil Collins song and a Genesis song in the 80s. To me, they all sounded the same. I couldn't tell them. I mean, I know In the Air Tonight's a Phil Collins solo song, but, you know, there are songs like uh, Mama or Take Me Home. I don't know if that's Genesis or Phil Collins. I don't know. It all sounded the same to me. Really? Mama I was, never, Mama, I, Mama was it, fucking progressive rock genius I right there. I think In the Air Tonight is one of the most overrated songs ever recorded in my It's just... Not a great song. I mean, yeah. the only thing that, the only thing people know, remember about it is the drum part. Everybody like air drums. Miami Vice. Who cares? That the scene when the drum roll went in and they got out of the car and started chasing yeah. the fucking perps. That fucking, that's iconic right there. Miami Vice also had You Belong to the City by Glenn Fry. That was a great song, too. Oh, my gosh. I'm stuck. Oh, dude, but now, I, I, never, I never saw the big whoop about Genesis. Um... We'll see how I think about this album. I mean, it was a different... It's not 80s Genesis. This is definitely a definitely more prog uh, version of Genesis. But we'll see when we get to the songs if I really like this or not. I don't hate or love Genesis. I really don't. I can, if I've never heard another song from them again, I'd be all right. So uh, that's my pick. Uh, my, my, my view on them. Hey, I had a good quote, man. But uh, Charles, go ahead, man. So, yeah... Um... I gotta say before we get into this, I mean, yes, I do rip on Phil Collins a lot. Uh, groovy kind of love. Oh, love it. Horrible. That's from a movie called Buster, dude. It's, it was part so, of a soundtrack. I, I wouldn't watch that bullshit either. And then Susudio was a ripoff of 1999 by Prince. And I, as. They had Jamaican drums in that song. But okay. Typically. I don't mind Phil Collins in Genesis for some reason as much. I don't want to say I'm a fan. I just want to say as much. And but I'm very, 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 very because I'm more of a punk fan. So I'm very hit and miss on this proggy stuff. Very much. And uh, as prog as I usually go is Pink Floyd. For me, and I do think they're a prog band. I think they, uh, in my opinion, I think they hit a point where they were very proggy. Um, I like some Kansas. I like a little bit of that. And we're going to touch on another band I like a lot on the song I picked. Um, that I like a lot, but they're not as well known. But overall, I'm typically a little rough on proggy music, but I'm a punk fan. That makes perfectly good sense. Yeah. So, but I had no clue about this album because I'm, I'm not a Genesis fan at all. So we'll see if I ended up becoming one here. So, all I, can say. I just remember getting into Genesis off the Genesis self-titled album, watching uh, uh, the video for That's All. You know, just hearing fucking Phil's voice and... There's some Peter Gabriel stuff I like a little bit. I've heard a little bit of that stuff. 
yeah, it's just Phil, man. I his voice is like totally ear candy for me, except that abortion of the fucking uh, Tarzan soundtrack. But uh, but let's get to Joseph because well, he's the well, I'm special. Get, let him go last. Well, you're got you do deets after him. Well, uh, well I'm just say. saying how I got into Genesis. Well, okay, why? Well, yeah, okay. and then he's gonna go last. I'm giving him the last spot, the star that spot. Yeah, I, mean, I thought you were just born in Bill Collins' twat. No, I was just saying how I got into Genesis <laughs> was from the Genesis Genesis album. Fucking seeing the video for that song, <laughs> and then seeing illegal alien video. And, oh gosh, I'm and it, oh, I love that fucking song. Ooh, that's bad. Uh, it's no fun being an illegal alien. I it's just a fun song to me. It's like hair metal, okay? I like it's that. hair metal. It's hair metal of prog rock. See, okay. see what I'm saying? It, it's poppy prog, and I thought it was cool. But the the best song on that album is fucking Mama, and the progressive fucking shit, and Home by the Sea. I'll Those take your fuck, great fucking songs, man. Imagine Jerry will too. I do. Yeah. I got into it because of that song, which is pop prog, and then illegal alien pop prog. But then when you get into digging deep in that album, it's fucking prog as fuck. Uh, mm. So I love Phil Collins in the air tonight. That scene, like I said, with Jerry Miami Vice. I'm a huge Miami Vice fan. I fucking love that, and I love you belong to the city. So. People don't always have taste. I like that song, and I like when Glenn Fry was in there playing a helicopter pilot. That was fucking cool. And Smugglers Bill Collins Blues. was in there also, huh? Smugglers Blues. Smugglers Blues is great. Fucking you don't uh, like Smugglers what? Blues, Jerry? That song's all right. Ah, okay. I was never huge. The only, the only song by Glenn Fry solo I liked was Party Town. Pretty much, I didn't Party, like any. That's the song I caught my mom dancing to in the garage. <laughs> she was like getting her shit. I was the one dancing. Like I, I was the one dancing by the washer and dryer. I was the well, guy Mark, Mark, I'll give you a quick little tap. I mean, there. I don't know if he's your favorite, but he's mine. In the Eagles, Glenn Fry is my favorite. Glenn Fry and, is my. Uh, Glenn Fry is my favorite. <laughs> All right, so there you get a little dap, and then my late mother hated "Talk to Me" by Kiss. So you get a double tap there. She hated it. But I guess you're done, so let's get to the special guest. Yeah. Joseph. Yeah. Well, I guess I was done. Go ahead. That's you're done. You know, you just love it. You're into the Phil Collins. Dude. But I want to Joseph. Where yeah. are you on Genesis, man? Yeah, I mean, of course, growing up, Genesis is all over classic rock radio, but mainly the 80s stuff. I never really heard anything prior to probably duke on the radio i mean you hear a lot of that 80s and early 90s stuff on the radio Avacab, right? uh turn it on again. again um that's all misunderstanding that sort of stuff and then you get into all the invisible touch songs that are all over the radio but that album. um mm. me too I, I i love a lot of that album but i never really started digging into 70s genesis until probably five or six years ago but then I really fell in love with the Peter Gabriel stuff, and then good shit. this this album particularly as well. I, I, I say my favorite era of Genesis is the Steve Hackett era. So any of the albums with Steve Hackett on them, I think are amazing. And then really just being able to top it all off, and this kind of happened 
funnily enough that it happened this way that I didn't, I didn't actually have tickets when we planned this episode, but I saw Steve Hackett in concert last Sunday night. Cool. And he actually, he closed with one, with one of the songs off this album, but we'll get into that when we get into that. But I just, this is in my top three Genesis albums. I think it's a great kind of fusion of their early period and then how they just kind of start sounding as Phil got more and more creative control over the band. But I, I just, I love this album from front to back. I'm not going to say a bad word about this album, so spoiler alert. So, yeah, we might as well, might as well get into it. Yeah, so let me get into the deets here, man. I, was yeah. thinking, uh, I just want to say what Tony Banks said. It is very satisfying for us to show that we could carry on. It was not great. It was, it was great not to have another involved, another person involved because they took Phil Collins and put him into this band. They all, they actually auditioned singers and Phil goes, what about me? You know, I've sang on the land lies down on Broadway. I've sang on these other songs, co-lead with Peter. And I did this. Why, why can't I be the singer? And they looked within the band and go, oh shit, our singer's been here all along. So Phil got the gig, man. So I think this, this album fucking, I'm not going to give a spoiler alert, like, but I agree with you, uh, Joseph. Uh, God, this, I, I don't think I'm going to say a bad word about this album, but let's hold on. I lost my, talk about this album a little bit more, Joseph. I lost something. <laughs> oh, well, uh, any, and anything in particular you want me to talk about? <laughs> let's talk about, man, th this album, man. Talk about. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, back a little bit of background, Mark was kind of hitting on it. At, at the end of the Lamb Lives Down on Broadway tour, Peter Gabriel left the band. He was kind of getting burned out, and the band was kind of getting burned out with him a little bit. They were tired of kind of being viewed in, in the press as Peter Gabriel's backing band, almost. Like, he was, him and his theatrics were the ones getting all the attention. So he leaves the band. They decide they want to continue on. They try out all these vocalists, nothing quite fits, and then Peter, uh, then Phil Collins kind of says, which a lot of people think was kind of what Phil Collins wanted all along, was to just become the lead singer. And so after all these singers didn't quite work out, he said, well, why don't I just try singing it? So he sang the songs that they had written for this album. They loved what the way it sounded like, and so they decided that he was gonna play, or he was gonna play drums and sing on this album. And then once you get to the tour afterwards, they started doing what they would do from then on, which is he would be the front man and they'd have a, session, a uh, touring drummer for most of the show. And then for any of the extended instrumental breaks, he'd go back and play a second drum set. So for this tour, the Trick of the Tail tour, it was Bill Bruford, which his little bit of time in literally every major prog rock band, he played Pretty in King so, Crimson, yeah. he played in Yes, and he did one tour with Genesis. And then from after after Wind and Wuthering on, it was Chester Thompson who yeah. was made famous through uh, being part of the Roxy lineup of Frank Zappa's band, and then that would be what would gain him attention from Phil Collins. Particularly, Phil Collins was a huge fan of Frank Zappa and listened to Roxy and Elsewhere, picked up that album, really loved what Chester Thompson was doing, would invite him into the touring lineup of Genesis for a good fifteen years. And so and his. Uh solo band too and his solo band yeah, yeah. chester played in most of phil's solo tours as well yeah man so let's get into this album man uh it was critically and it did well in sales critically acclaimed album but let's get into dance on a volcano which joseph you picked on 
for your song, man. So let's start off with Dance on a Volcano on the Freeform Rock Podcast.
All right, Joseph, dance on a volcano. I mean, this is just what a way to kick off a new era for the band. I mean, just it's an iconic opening track. Iconic, the intro is so such an iconic intro that they would bring it back again when they did their uh they called it the old medley during their 92 tour where they would do a bunch of stuff from the 70s period and they pulled this as the opening part of that medley and i just love the intro with with the mellotron and everything and it just it's such a great intro and then you get really the first taste of phil's vocals kind of like mark said he had kind of sung harmonies with peter gabriel and he had sung one or two songs on some of the early genesis albums but this is the first real real chance you get to hear phil's vocals and it's it's amazing i think it, it works perfectly for this music steve hackett's style of guitar playing is so unique i mean he was doing tapping before eddie van halen was he was doing all this different kind of unique style of guitar playing and this is one of those songs where you really kind of hear his sort of all over the place frantic guitar style especially the chaotic ending of this song is just so cool and it just it brings brings the song this frenzied ending and then just stops and I love it. All right, man. I'll get to my my thing on this and I'll let the probably two guys who hate this song talk about it. Love how the drums and the guitar play off each other on this. The interplay to start the song fucking rules. And did Phil start Brett Pop? <laughs> With those fucking style of fucking English fucking... He sounds so English. It sounds like what Brett Pop would become in the 90s there. So I don't know if fucking... That's why fucking Oasis hates him so much. Because he has that Liam vocal there. Vocal style going on. Um, on this album. Strong accent. Very well crafted. Tony Banks do, does not get enough credit on his keyboards. They fucking rule. With Phil and Steve driving this fucking masterpiece i love fucking love this song uh jerry all right um uh, starts out with some pretty you know pretty pretty okay slow riffs and phil starts singing and totally ruins it oh i mean mm. it's okay there's such a thing as too proggy this would be it in my opinion phil's voice does not match the music in my opinion oh i don't like that speed up part at towards the end where Joseph was mentioned about. It sounds like something that was played on Jabba's fucking party barge on Return of the Jedi. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, it just doesn't do it for me, man. I'm sorry. I get, but, you know, I do love the sl I do love Steve Hackett's guitar playing, so I'm going to give it a 2 out of 5. Just I, that. I, I'm just going to defend Phil Collins on this album. He did not write many of the songs on this. so he When he took over, it was I liked it a lot better. But, uh, Star... Charles, yeah. man, what do you think about it? Dance on a volcano. Well, I mean, it's a song. <laughs> it, that it certainly is. <laughs> yeah, it's not the worst thing I've ever heard, but uh, man, the time signature on Colin's drumming, Colin's drumming on this at times is really not to my liking. I, I I'm sure it's technically fine. But it just sounds off to me, and uh, it's indicative of a lot of issues I have with prog rock in general. I mean, uh, it's just showing off. You know, that's all it is. Just do that, and, and I don't think it's that great. Uh, Hackett's guitar work is fine on it. I will say that, but I just got really lost listening to this, and not in a good way. Like I was like drifting, like oh my god, I got other things I can do. 
there are some okay elements to it. I mean, even Collins doesn't suck that bad on it. But yeah, not my scene, man. Wait a minute, though. When it hit the end, ooh wee! Those keyboard things being done towards that end is just so fucking annoying. So I take it back. This song fucking blows. That's what I meant, but all that Java's fucking party uh, bars. You <laughs> so I guess you guys don't like the doors because the doors did that shit. No, I don't sound like the fucking doors. The doors dude. sounded like circus music too on some things. No, that wasn't dead circus. cats, wasn't dead rats. Me. Come on. But hey, you guys, two, two out of four love it, and two out of four like this is yeah, yeah, masky boo, but whatever. Let's get too <laughs> entangled. Uh, let's start with you, Jerry. Oh, Jesus. Oh. <laughs> Again, it's got a really nice, clean acoustic guitar in it, man. A little boring, you know. I kind of hope. I, I, I can sense changes <laughs> coming on. It does change, but unfortunately for the worse. Um, see, I, Crosby Stills and Nash should sue them for royalties, in my opinion, on this song. This goes on and on and on to fucking nowhere land, man. Maybe if I smoke a doobie and listen to it, I'll think differently of it, but I don't know. Just don't get this song at all. But again, with Steve Hackett's guitar, I'm going to give him a 2 out of 5. 2 out of 5. Oh, shit. And then we get to you, Joseph. I mean, I, I love this song. I think it's a beautiful, beautiful track. It, it sounds, the instrumentation, particularly through the first good bit of the song, sounds like a musical box. And I mean that in a very good way. I think Steve Hackett's guitar playing, in particular, is beautiful. And I love... Phil's kind of soft vocals and then the harmonies on the chorus I think are really really cool and then I do love the kind of eeriness towards the end where they the, the, the choir comes in and the kind of weird eerie keyboards I really like I really like this song alright man and I'll I'll get to mine Steve Cunson with some beautiful guitars and Phil's voice is always amazing just think they were auditioning other vocalists I love Peter man but Phil has always been my favorite part of this band with his drumming and vocals and personality, man. You know, you look at the rest of this band, they had a personality of a sponge. <laughs> Phil's energetic. Don't bring up sponge. <laughs> <laughs> Especially when you're talking about Genesis. But you know what? You know, oh, God. But you, I, you know, I, 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 dude, that just threw me for a loop. <laughs> I'm just going, oh, uh, man, I, Fruit Loops, in fact. But, uh, <laughs> let's get to oh. been my, one of my favorites. It's like, I think Peter and Phil had a great personality in this band, and the rest were just musicians. They weren't, like, personable. They weren't a face. They couldn't be you a face of their own band. And they needed Phil and Peter. And I, I, Phil, Phil gave that fucking jokingly laughing shit. Fucking, oh. Peter was a little bit more serious. Phil's so you list biking the mechanics is what you're telling me. Oh, I love fucking silent running. That's of course, you. rules, dude. Look at listen to the vocals by Paul Carrick. You don't like Paul Carrick? I'm not as maybe not as maybe not as much as you. I I don't know. You I don't attempt it. Well, we have to get down that road down in the future. Yeah. I'm just saying, but, right? Yeah, but there's a. Like I said, Mike and Tony remind me of school teachers. Why the rest of the band is no slouch. Steve is playing killer acoustic, 
on this. I seriously need to listen to more of his solo work as I have not. And uh, because I, I'm a huge Phil Collins fan. The only reason I'm listening to fucking Genesis is because of Phil Collins. And I do love Peter Gabriel. Also, I just don't like that fucking abortion of Don't Give Up with Kate Bush. Fuck that bitch. But uh, I like this song. It's fucking killer. Jerry. Yes. I started out with Oh, this yeah. One. Charles. Again, for anybody out there that would get offended, I apologize in advance. Entangled. I mean, come on. <laughs> Who listens to this, man? Insomniacs who don't respond to strong drugs? <laughs> about, about the only thing that isn't too shit in this song is the multi-tracking of the vocals. And I'm assuming it isn't all Phil Collins on that multi-track work, which makes it sort of okay. That part is okay. I, I think I hear a different voice there. It's okay. This makes Chicago's weakest track sound like Man of War. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not for me. I'm not getting warm fuzzy so far about this album. Oh, this is a hard fucking review, come on. But at least it's not as bad as Ass Jack, or it's like three against one on that one. Uh-oh, uh, 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 Jerry, Jerry's frozen in carbonite again. <laughs> I know he is. Yes, you can, you can hear me though, right? We can yeah, hear you. It's, it's I'm, not, I'm not going to fuck with the video. Yeah, no, we you're fine. Used, we get used to it, man. But uh, we get to track number three, which is Squawk, which Jerry picked, asshole. So here's Squawk on the Freeform Rock Podcast. Sorry for interrupting the podcast. I just want to take a second to thank all of you for listening. Please take a second to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and follow us on Podbean. And join the Freeform Rock Podcast community on Facebook. Now, back to the show.
Okay, Jerry, you pick Squonk. I hope it's because you liked it. Well, I had to pick one of these turds. So that was oh. the first one that popped in. No. <laughs> this, is a, this is a little bit, I would, maybe heavier, maybe? I don't know. It actually isn't bad. Phil's voice isn't as quite as annoying as the previous two songs. It has some really cool changes to it that I like, a really cool driving groove. Um, the keys kind of remind me, if you had to compare, it'd be kind of like... Uh, Maybe sticks or argent type keyboards on it, which I kind of like. Um, this isn't yeah. bad. Um, I give this one a four out of five. I actually really do like this song. So, hey, how about that? Yeah, man. So we're gonna get to you, Joseph. Yeah, no, this is this is this song's great. I mean, it's it's the, really the first kind of straight ahead rock song on the album. It's 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 a lot simpler. Um, I love I love Phil's vocals on this. The melody gets stuck in my head so much. The they gonna night part that gets stuck in my head so much. Um, but the keyboards definitely remind me of like '70s sticks, definitely. Uh, but yeah, no, I love this track. Yeah, man, I agree with you. This is one of my favorites on here, and fucking Jerry picked it, and I can understand why he picked it. It's a great fucking track, man. I could see. This is you could see where the Genesis sound is would change within the future by listening to this song. You could see where Phil Collins would kind of like take Genesis with this track, and it's a fucking great song, man. Like Duke, this reminds me of a song that could have been on Duke. I fucking love this album, this song. Uh, Star Charles, man. I haven't heard Dookie. I gotta hear that, that album. We already did, did a review of that album, so you guys are saved. Duke is my favorite Genesis album. Oh, Duke. I thought it was Dookie. No, <laughs> no that's no, a Green that, Day that's album. That's Green Day. Oh. Well, they suck, too. Well, that was one of uh, the most overrated bands, so there you go. Squonk. And Jerry, did you just, like, do what I did? I'm gonna give a spoiler. I just picked whatever. I had well, no I know clue. what you did, Charles. I had no. Yeah, I, yeah. I just picked it because they had a fucking yeah. name to it. That's why I picked it. I get you. I, I do. 
But I actually liked the song, which was actually... I think one of you guys probably touched on this, but I'll just say it again. As I understand, this was a song they asked Phil Collins, who is by a sea hair better than Sammy Hagar oh, overall. It's by a sea hair. But they asked Collins to attempt to sing this to see if he could carry the band's lead vocalist. Did you guys touch on that? No. No. This is the one. And uh, slap me sideways and call me a bitch. But this one ain't too bad. I mean, it's a typical prog song about some creature that dissolves into tears when captured. I mean, like, who the fuck cares? Is typically no one does about the subject matter in these fucking prog songs. But it's a huge improvement. I do in over- Russia songs. Well, I, I'm, I'm not a rush tard like you. I'm but, you know, it's a huge improvement over these two previous songs by far. I mean, and I'm going to, I'm going to get, I, you know, I give Collins a lot of shit, but he actually does sing well in the right type of song to me. And this is one of them. Best songs so far I've heard, even though it's still tragically dorky. Yeah. As most prog songs are, but it's still the best song I've heard this thus far. It's a good I, pick, Terry. I, I don't understand how you don't like Rush. Just listen to Subdivision. I don't dislike Rush. I just don't pray at their altar like you. I don't pray at their altar. They, it's like they're my kiss. I told you I'm hitting Miss Prague in there. Now, the problem with Rush, the problem with Rush fans is if you don't, if you just like. One song they get on your ass about not liking that one song. You know what I mean? Well, it's I don't like, care because I like every song except Tai Shan, Eric. Like, like Kiss Twats, to be fair. No, I'm not a Kiss Twat. Uh, we know you're not. Believe me. Bushy, no, I'm not a Rush Tard. I'm just saying Bushy knows that. I don't bitch at him because he hates Getty Lee. You know, I just say, why do you like King Diamond? That's Bushy likes it. Debbie Gibson. Huh? <laughs> yeah, he does like Debbie Gibson. Well, let's, get next. To, let's get to the next track that Inside One, Mad Man Mood, Joseph. I mean, yeah, just another another great another great track here. Tony Banks is the star of this song. His piano playing on this song and the keyboards throughout the later part, it really just take over the song for me. Throughout the middle section, they have some really unique percussion sounds. I mean, there's timpani in there. There's some, I don't know if it's maracas or castanets or whatever they're doing, but there's some really unique kind of percussion sounds throughout the middle part to keep it interesting but overall this is this this one's the tony Banks show uh it's really the kind of showcase for his keyboards and pianos on this album and i, I love this song and he's always reminding me of like an english professor let me ask joseph banks. though richard wright or this banks guy mm. honestly i'd probably go with tony banks i think his i think some of his um keyboard riffs are more memorable particularly through the gabriel stuff um he has some amazing mellotron stuff in the gabriel years and i love richard wright i think he has some amazing stuff throughout but just i'm a bigger genesis fan than i am a pink floyd fan and i do love pink floyd particularly the run from metal through the wall but um as a keyboard player i think i think tony banks does more Okay. I think That's John fair. Lord blows them all away. Oh yeah, no John Lord, definitely. <laughs> yeah. But uh Fair enough. So then we'll go to Jerry, man. 
What do you think about this chart? Oh, boy, does this start out shitty. Um, <laughs> I was hoping they'd keep the momentum going from their last song because I liked it, but man, no, man. Just uh, This sounds like something that should have been an air supply is great if it's, but I don't know, it might be insulting air supply. Hey, 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 hey. Yeah. Um, so I'm what listening to it. Air it, supply. It, it. So I'm listening to it. I listen to it. I'm like, okay, okay. Then I look and I look and, oh my God, there's five more fucking minutes of this song to go. Are you kidding me? Um, we got some boring ass piano, in my opinion. Just nothing for me, man. I had to put another pot of coffee on because they got a couple more of these long ass songs to go. Just weird sounding, but I do like some of Phil's drumming in this song, though. So it's like Steve Hackett said the first couple songs. Phil actually said this song, so it's a two out of five. Oh, man. I, I think this is another preview of Future Genesis with this song. Fucking love it. When Phil sings. Like this beautiful as fuck killer harmony, and then gets all proggy with bang banks and those killer fucking keys. He plays almost kind of classical on this song. I I go back to Peter with type Genesis on this song, man. This is like a Peter Gabriel type Genesis song on this one. But uh, man, this is a blend where they would go where they were and where they are going. It's like a, it's a transition song kind of like saying this is our past but this is going to be our future hmm. so what do you think about it charles interesting you said that about the peter gabriel thing because i believe banks and rutherford did most of the music writing in those yeah. days and gabriel was the lyricist so yeah. Yeah. um oh my god i gave away some knowledge I'm not going to be on Team Jerry here. Once again, thankfully, we get something not too far out in the world of green clovers and purple moods and California-type living, you know. A bit more down-to-earth here. California think, living ain't that good now. So, but go ahead. I think Hackett's guitar work is really good on it. A little bit too low in the mix for my liking, though. What I a little heard. bit too and low in the mix for his liking too. Mm -hmm. I would assume. I think that's maybe why he bounced uh, after the next album, right? Yeah. When did weather? Thanks, piano keyboard work is immaculate, with the exception of those little show-off bits that gets annoying to me. But I do hear a bit of future Genesis in this track for sure. I can look past a few things I didn't care for in it. And I'm going to say it's another one that isn't too bad. I'm not going to say I don't need to check it out again, but it's certainly better than Entangled. Hell, I think it's a bit better than Squonk. Damn. And then we turn this uh, bitch over to fucking Robbery, Assault, and Battery, which is the track I picked. So here it is on the Freeform Rock Podcast. So near, we talk shining bright, 
All right, Charles said, not surprising I picked this song, Robbery, Assault, and Battery. Uh, this is my favorite song of the album. The chorus is catchy as fuck. I was listening to it, and I was at work clicking my corn dogs called Robbery, Assault, and Battery. It's like an, it's a fucking ear fucking worm. It's like you can't get away from this song. It's like, like in Brett Pop, Brett Pop vocals on there, Charles, that, uh... Pop! Brett Pop no. vocals, man, a little bit. How dare you? I just, it's catchy as fuck. Those drums, and Steve is awesome the way he plays to the song, throwing in those leads here and there, and the way Phil and Steve are play together on this song. It's fucking, it's like I hear fucking, fucking them go do, like, Phil does a little riff, and Steve goes with his little drum riff. It's fucking cool as fuck. You don't hear drummer and lead guitar play together like that, basically. Well, who? Jimmy Hendrix, or Jimmy Page and John Bonham? Yeah, I know that, but you don't hear it as often. You said who, and I just gave an example. That's I, I, I know, but you don't hear Alex it Alex, Alex Lifeson and Neil Pert? He plays Pert. more with Getty. He Pert. plays more with Getty. Like the shampoo. Neil Pert. Peart. <laughs> Peart! Peart! Um, here comes that rush twat. Uh, oh, that's Eddie Trump twat there. But, uh... Let me, let me go now. Let me finish my thing, man. This is prog oh, goodness. Oh, you got forks? Hey! This Good is prog goodness, and the band is so tight. Okay, Star, your turn. Cool, thank you. Because I only want to say one thing. Even though I said no, and Joseph said I don't know. Actually, I do hear a little bit of Damon Auburn on this song, in particular the song Park Life from from Blur, who was the definitive number two to Oasis, the greatest band in the nineties. Anyway, uh well, well there was well, some Brit pop in here, thank you. <laughs> you yeah, credit. I do actually if at times on this album here, Damon Auburn must have been a little bit influenced by Collins, because I hear it a couple times here and there. Uh anyway. Hey, Phil, you ain't in the musical Oliver anymore, motherfucker. There's my clever dork, Phil Collins. He's back, finally. <laughs> and here's the crappy tunes I just can't get with, man. Now, on the positive, Collins' drumming is good on it, for sure. I think his drumming was good on it. Um, the production on the track is really good, as well as Rutherford's bass playing. I think his bass playing was phenomenal. <laughs> but Colin's cockney accented singing does absolutely nothing for me on this track. That's weird. Because you, know, you love even though, even though it sounds a little like Damon Auburn. Uh, I just... It, it can just go to show one guy can ruin something good. Yeah. Back to the crap here. Skipper for me for sure. All right, so then we get to the next track, Ripples, Jerry. Oh, hold on. Whoa. Oh, Joseph. Come here, Joseph. Half of us have not talked about this song. Oh, okay. go ahead. How did Charles go second? I okay. just asked to go second. Oh, okay, go, Joseph. You confused me, Charles. Go ahead, Joseph. Uh, yeah, no. Um, so I am Team Charles on this. I love the music for this song. I think it's amazing musically. I hate 
and they do this on almost every album, at least one track on almost every album that Phil Collins sings on, he puts this stupid freaking accent on, and he tries to be this... He basically tries to do what Peter Gabriel used to do, and it does not work. At all. He did it on this, he did it on um, Whodunit on Abacab, which is awful. That he is did it on a little Abacab. alien, which is awful. He did it a several more times, and they all suck. Who done it? Is a crap song. It is, it is awful. Oh, it's awful. Yeah. And he does the same sort of vocals on this song, and I think he his vocals outside of the chorus ruin this track. I think the chorus is catchy. I think the instrumentation is awesome. Everything you guys said. Steve Hackett's guitar playing, Phil's drum, Mike's bass. Um, it's all great. And then Phil opens his mouth. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think his vocals on this is Ear Candy, the chorus of me, Jerry. Oh, um, to me, this song actually has a lot of musically 80s sounding Genesis, in my opinion. I'm not talking about Phil Collins' voice. The music kind of sounds like it. Yeah. I, actually, I think I actually hear an electric sucking guitar in this song. Wow. Finally. That being said, I don't know. It's still very boring to me. I just don't get it. You know, it does. You guys mentioned the good guitar playing, by, the good bass guitar playing. I did notice that about this song. But still, I mean, it didn't really save or improve this song too much. Another two out of five. On a, on a positive, I've been really, I haven't touched on it, but I think we'll hit it more down the line here, but that dude's a damn underrated. He's a good bass player. I wish he would have just stuck to the bass. That was the problem after Steve Hackett left, as he tried to think he was a lead guitar player. Well, he yeah. wanted Daryl Strummer, you know, to play Steve's time. guitar parts and bass when Mike wanted to play lead guitar on stage. Yeah, he he he's not that good at lead. He's guitar not a lead guitar you know, player. <laughs> I agree with you. I thought he didn't do any leads on the albums. I thought they brought in Daryl and didn't give him credit. No, like, it, it was kind of like Phil played all the drums and sang on the albums and then brought in Chester live. Mike did everything in the like studio. He did the... And, I mean, they have great musicians, but the songs suck. So... All right, Grammy-nominated Extreme Marky. <laughs> What's the next song? Ripples. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, we get to uh, Ripples. So go no, ahead, Joseph. No, Metallica will win. <laughs> Ripples, I mean, I, I love this one. I think the acoustic guitar playing from Steve is awesome on this. It's just so, it's such a beautiful acoustic ballad. And and the vocals are, are great. And the chorus, it gets a little repetitive. It's a very long song. And it gets a little repetitive, but I love this track. It's an amazing acoustic ballad. And I think it of, of the three sort of more acoustic songs on this album. It's probably my second favorite behind Entangled. But I, I just I love this song. Jerry. Oh, man. Oh, this is borderline torture now. Eight minutes of this, man? <laughs> Eight fucking minutes? I mean, did Yanni write song or Barry Manilow or somebody like that? Yeah. <laughs> To be perfectly honest with you, I did not make it through this song the way. I did not like it. I, it just had nothing interesting about it. Uh, this is probably the worst song on the album, in my opinion. This is a one out of five. It's just, it's just I don't know, man. I, it's not good. I don't know what else to say. <laughs> okay, I'll go next, man. This is a prog masterpiece. ELP should learn from this. 
Uh, love that kind of medieval guitar Steve is using, and love it when the chorus come in, that beautiful piano break with Steve playing some amazing guitar. Man, this is a great <coughs> band. I wonder what would have happened if fucking Steve never left from this band. No, I wonder if they would have been the Duke, and there were three Genesis, or they would have stayed to Prague. I wonder how much of an influence he was on this band. Because they totally changed when he left on then there were three. You could hear it coming. Well, if you listen to his first couple solo albums, that's what he wanted to do, and he was getting constantly overruled by the rest of them. Yeah. So, man, Star, man, what do you think of it? Sucks? Okay. No. (laughs) Rutherford's 12-string, I think it was him, sounds pretty good to me. Uh, A rather mellow piece that is way too long for my liking. At over eight minutes, but I will give it credit where credit's due. I think these type of songs suits this band better than those other dork tests. Fests. Dork fests. See, not tests. Fests. But they always tried to do. Uh, It's a decent song overall, but I just don't get the point of that needless noodling on the keyboards and the shit in the middle. And it gets boring beyond belief in that section. If this song was cut a little bit, it would be a really good song bordering on great. Instead, we are left with an okay song that I'll never listen to again. But it wasn't it wasn't complete shit, though. So, kind of in the middle. All right, and we get to the title track, A Trick of the Tale, Jerry. Oh, man, this sounds, this sounds like a TV fucking theme song, doesn't it, in my opinion? It really does. It has that feel to it, in my opinion. But, as usual, I think this is pretty awful. <laughs> um, nothing good nothing good and memorable about it. I mean, this is like a two-flusher. You know, we have the big dump. You try flushing it, it all doesn't go down. You have to flush it again to get it down. That's what this song reminds us. It's just not good, man. It's got these weird... <laughs> Hobbit lyrics or some shit in it. I don't get it. Hey, but, uh, you like fucking Zeppelin talking about fucking Lord no, of the Rings. No, the way they're... The Come way they're, on! No, I don't mind that. I'm talking about the way they're singing it. Oh, okay. They're talking about fucking leprechauns. I don't know. I don't get it. But, uh... Yeah, a horrible song. One out of five. Fairport uh, Convention rules. Holly. Uh, fuck no. Oh, fucking Fairport Convention can suck my dick. <laughs> Sorry, Lee. But uh, what do you think of A Trick of the Tale, Joseph? Uh, it's a pretty good middle-of-the-road song for this album. Um, it it, it kind of... This is one of the ones that reminds me the most of uh, some of the Peter Gabriel stuff, kind of like stuff you'd see... Not any of like the big epics, but like the stuff you'd see that has the more kind of tongue-in-cheek lyrics... It musically reminds me of that era a little more, and it's a good song. It's not a standout on the album for me, but I think it's a good song. Yeah, this reminds me a little of Super Tramp song. Uh, I fucking love it. Phil with his <laughs> Britpop vocals going again. Uh, chorus rules. Hopping keyboards by Tony Banks. I haven't uh, said anything about Mike yet. You guys have been talking about Mike more than I have. Uh, his bass playing is so overshadowed by the other three. Uh, this fucking song rules. I fucking love it. What do you think, Star? Yeah, the song was in supposedly in part, maybe this is why Jerry thought it sounded like a commercial or something. 
It was in part inspired by getting better by the Beatles. And I hear it a bit. But boy, it's not that song. Sometimes <laughs> it's best to just stay quiet about what something is inspired about. As it sure as hell doesn't do the subject matter. It was based off of Justice. Yeah, this is just another Genesis song that is the typical fare that, boy, I can't stand. Keyboard work that gets on my nerves. Lame subject matter. Actually, Collins. Oh, my God, I'm coming to you, Elizabeth. I can't believe I'm saying this. <laughs> it's actually the only thing on the song I really don't mind. Oh, man, please bring back Reload. <laughs> oh, my God, how could I follow that? But you're going to follow it because you picked the last track of the album. Because it's basically an <laughs> instrumental, and I get it. So here's Los Endos on the Freeform Rock Podcast.
Hey, Charles, you picked Los Endos, man. I get it. See, yeah, Mark thinks he knows why I picked it, because it was mainly instrumental. <laughs> I picked it because it was the last song. I had no idea what it was. <laughs> no clue. He was up my ass about pick a song. Man, I, I mean, I just picked the fucking song. I had a weird title, whatever. I had no, never heard it. Heard it today. And we'll see what I think about it. Uh, and again, I picked it because it's the last song. And about the only reason being, I'm not a fan of this band. And honestly can't say I am today after listening to this album. Uh, but how happy could I be to pick the most proggy song on the record? <laughs> by far. Whoa, look, did I choose here? <laughs> Probably, as I've said, I'm more hit and miss with Prague, and I mean, I'm kind of more like flat out hate it. Typically, I mean, I like a few things, but you know, but uh, this track kicks fucking ass. I mean, Joseph, I don't know if you know the band Coliseum Two at all. I do, I do, but it really reminds me of that, especially in the beginning section. Rutherford's bass work is actually really kick-ass, especially in that beginning section. I mean, but honestly, throughout. Collins is actually showing out in them drums, too. Hackett is actually higher in the mix on this song. That would have been awesome throughout this record. Um, than I've heard in the other tracks. Honestly, it's just the sound, you know, I've I don't know what to say. I fucking dug this song. I've heard that they always do this on tours and Hackett would do it. This is the only song in the album I may listen to again. I really, really, truly enjoyed it. How sometimes it's better to be lucky than good. I swear. <laughs> That's all I can say. Fuck, I forgot to play. Best track in the album. By far. But, um, shit. Not, and not just because only Phil only sang that little bit, and it was a nod to the Gabriel song, mm-hmm. which I do know that much. Yeah. But I was like, but it was, it was a really enjoyable you know, track. Peter Gabriel was at their last concert. He was in the audience watching him. <laughs> so they are still very good friends, so. Well, it's Supper's, right? The huh? song yeah, Supper's, Supper's Ready. Yeah. Supper's Ready. And I, I, but they wouldn't have to add it. I don't care. It was, it was a really enjoyable fucking song. So damn it. Found one I really enjoyed. There you go. Uh, Joseph, what do you think about it? Oh, you know, this song is probably my favorite song on the album as well. I mean, this song is kick ass. I mean, the entire band is just ripping it up on this. This is Phil Collins. I mean, this is right after he was doing a lot of the... He was doing, at the same time as this, he was in, like, three or four different jazz fusion bands and was doing some amazing stuff there, and he's bringing that into this. Steve Hackett's just shredding away on this track. Mike Rutherford's laying it down on the bass. Tony Banks' keyboards aren't too crazy on this song. He's kind of doing what he needs to do for the song. But they're just... It's a great jam. I love how they sort of bring back little musical quotes from other parts of the album, especially the Dance on a Volcano section. Duke, too. Yes, yeah. 
Um, so I love how they bring Dance on a Volcano back into it and all the different stuff. And then, as Charles mentioned, uh, the closing lines from Supper's Ready was what Phil's singing at the end of the song. Um, and this standing is... standing in the sun, angels yep. standing in the sun, free. Yep. yep. And this is the song... Home. Yeah. This is the song that uh, Steve Hackett closed with when I saw him last Sunday, and he oh. he was freaking tearing it up on this track. They extended it into probably like a, a five, like a seven or eight minute jam, and put like one of his solo things in the middle of it. But he was just tearing it up on guitar, and the whole band was just jamming with it, and it was amazing. It was a great way to close the concert out. And yeah, no, this is probably my favorite song on the album as well. I mean, it's just. There's a reason that they played this at pretty much every show for the rest of their of their career. Uh, I'm just saying, man, this is like uh, the Allman Brothers here, man. It's like a fucking jam where there's just fucking. Whoa, 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 whoa! Let's not get carried away, man. No, dude, th th this is this is the English Allman Brothers here, Genesis with Steve Ackett. Uh. They could fucking just play off each other, and you could hear it on this fucking song, man. Great like I already said the lyrics at the end where he's paying an homage to Peter Gabriel. There's an angel standing in the sun. There's an angel standing in the sun free to get back home. And it's like, fuck, I wonder what those lyrics mean, though. It's fucking great lyrics. But Well, it was like goodbye to Peter, wasn't it? Like an appropriate yeah. you know, goodbye and we're going to move forward. But it worked. I mean, they didn't need it. I mean, it was phenomenal without it, but it was a nice touch. So I'll give them that. All right, man, but I give this album eight out of eight bong rips. Fucking Charles, man. Oh, how about I can do one on this, Jerry? Yeah, Charles did. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, was, I saw this being the last song, Los Endos. I was like, muchos gracias. <laughs> <laughs> but, but fuck me in the ass and call me a bitch. I fucking love this song. <laughs> I'm not the only one who says bitch. There you go. I mean, this has fucking got some fucking beautiful ambient fucking tones to it. I love some good ambience sometimes. And this song is loaded with it. Um, I hear Doors in this song. I hear maybe some Sid Barrett Floyd in this song a little bit. This song is actually really good. And it, and it showcases that there is maybe hope for this band. I don't know. But I just can't get Phil Collins' voice. It's probably maybe because he's not singing in this song. I like it. I don't know. But... Everything in this song works to me. I think it's definitely by far the best song on the album. It's a five out of five, man. I love it. Damn. It's better to be lucky than good. I'm yeah, telling tell you. Tell me about it. Like I'm just going to say, all, all you people out there, besides me and Joseph, you and Charles, Jer Charles and Jerry, don't you think Phil Collins is one of the top five drummers of all time? No. No. God, you guys are fucked up. I don't think he's one of the top five drummers of all time. I think he's one of the top five. Dude, oh. when you hear a Phil Collins drum set, when you hear a song, you know that's Phil Collins playing drums, right? I, I put a slight. You know that's Ginger slightly, Baker. You know that's the fucking Keith Moon. You know that's John Bonham. You know? Let's see. John Bonham's better. But Phil. I put, I, I put him slightly Neil. behind Ricky Rocker. I, he's my number five. <laughs> he's my number fit, five. Five. Slightly behind Ricky Rocket. Am I the only one that heard Jerry's remark there? Ricky yeah. Rocket. I'm ignoring the Ricky Rocket one because he's because he being said a dick. it. He has such a groove. Uh, Tico Torres too. From I like Bongo. Tico Torres. Tico Torres yeah. is in the pocket. Man, I'm gonna take Phil Rudd too, and Phil Rudd sounds like every other easy drummer out there. I'm gonna take John Bonham. 
I'm going to take Neil Peart. Peart. I'm going to take Keith Moon. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to take fucking uh, Dave Lombardo. No. I'm going to take Ringo Starr. Yes. I mean, I, it's all kinds. I mean, Collins, he's okay. He's decent. He's pretty okay. He was the face of the 80s. You've seen him on Tony MTV Thompson. more than anybody. Thompson. From Sheik and Power Station. Well, he's a great drummer, too. Dude, but I, I, I'm just saying. If I could pick... Uh, well, who was the drummer of Toto? Uh, one of the Luthikers. Yeah. No, it wasn't... A... No, not Luthiker. Uh, uh, Picaro, right? Uh, Jeff Picaro. 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 Jeff Picaro. Fucking great Jeff? drummer right there. He played on Thriller, man. Yeah. My bad. Luthiker is a guitar player. Yeah, yeah. Luthiker is amazing with... Fuck, fuck dude. That guy rules. Yeah, he played on Roy Jean. Yeah, yeah the, they were they were Michael Jackson's backing band, they pretty much. Backing band, man. Except for the Beat It solo. 17. They played on "Stay the Night," one of the only rocking tracks Chicago put out in the '80s. That is the best song off that album. It's like Luthiker on guitar. I mean, it was everybody but Peter Cetera. He was on bass and sang. That was Toto. Yeah. So yeah, of course Toto. But I mean, come on, Phil Collins, he's alright. Dude, you, his drum sound is, like, you know it's him playing. At times, no, yes. all the time. I mean, Dude, but he did some great albums by Eric Clapton. Arm. That, chick see, from, see. that chick from ABBA, you know. Mark, Mark, Phil Collins wasn't the best drummer in Genesis when he was in Genesis. Who was Bill Bruford and Chester no, Thompson Bill are Bruford both better drummers than yes. Phil Collins. No, Bill Bruford is not better than fucking Phil Collins. But I'll give you credit, Mark. You, I heard it a bit, too, throughout the album, but it wasn't the real Britpop band, but I heard it in Damon Auburn's work later. So I bet Damon Auburn is quiet. And yes, I think he I was hear a little Liam in him sometimes. No, I do not at all. I heard some Liam, and I would, I would overemphasizing the words. No, that Liam does not at all. Not even he drags an a word. He he whines the word like Phil is doing no. on this. He, no, you know he does that. Listen to more Oasis, obviously. Huh? You need to listen to more Oasis, obviously, and listen to more Blur. I'm a rock star. No, <laughs> come on! He he drags those here. words out. He, he he uses his R's a lot. I, I just got a tweet from Liam. He said he's gonna fly to uh, Rancho Cucamonga and slap shit out of you for saying that. Hey, I'll get a picture with him, and you'll be jealous. So there you go. There you go. <laughs> I get a picture. I hear a little bit. Me. I hear a little influence, but on a different group. But yes, okay. Yeah, I. That's why uh, they hate Phil Collins so much, because they ripped him off. No, I think Blur actually sounded a little more... I like agree that. with you on Blur, but Liam had some Philly in him. No. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely not. All right, man. Get you. That was our... Right said Fred in him. Oh, God. No. At least you no. didn't say Macarena. Ugh. No, I don't like that, but we should review that record one time for the fuck of... <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Who wants to review? What is it? Lost what? Whatever? Who the so, hell knows? I don't know. Los. I'd rather do Los Lobos, uh, The Wolf Will Survive. That album 
I like that album. Los Lobos is an underrated group. Los Lobos rules. I wouldn't go that far. Well, but the, the un- album The Wolf Will Survive, man, that's a great album, man. We I should can- do uh, Michael J. Fox, Joan Jett, that movie. Light of that- Day? Yeah. Uh, that's a great movie. I like that movie. Yeah, that'd be fun. All right, anyway, man. whatever. That was our okay. review of A Trick of the Tale, man. I want to thank Genesis Joseph. Said, I did this for Joseph because if it had been another guest, I'd been like, I'm bowing out this week. Uh, I'm still not a fan, but respect what Joseph likes. And, man, I made him do Weezer, so he, he endured that. That's fair. And uh, I did like three or four songs, though, so it's not too bad. Not gonna become a Genesis fan, but but that last song I will definitely listen to again. I that much I can say. And I picked that out of the crack of my ass. There you you'll go. have to Charles, you'll have to, you'll have to check out some of the live versions of that because that's it, what before they would um the intro to that they would, it would be Chester Thompson and Phil Collins doing like a drum duel kind of into right. that song. That's the weird really shit. Good. It's the weirdest shit ever, man, because we do shit with Lee Gersman. I mean, he'll throw you some bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. Then I know where Coliseum 2. That's a great album. You're like, yeah. oh my God. And it, like, it, it Harry reminds- Moore, and he wasn't on the Billboard Top 250. Oh, that drummer in Coliseum 2, though, is incredible. I forget his name, but he's incredible. And it just, it reminded me of Coliseum 2. And I was like, Oh, yeah. I mean, that's jazz, but Coliseum 2 is proggy and jazzy mm-hmm. at the same time. Like, it has a little fusion in it with her. Yeah. yeah. And, of course, with Gary Moore. Good Lord. I mean, you just can't beat that. But if they did only this kind of shit, I would be right with Mark all hard. and. Joe Jett's on the list, and Gary Moore yeah. isn't. Just put it that way. Gary Moore doesn't get enough love. That is one of the most underrated guitarists of all time. Period. Fuck yeah, his blue shit and is awesome. Terry Cat, with Terry Cat from Chicago. Yeah, is underrated guitarist. So. All right, Jerry, man, that was our review, man. Any last thoughts on this album before we? Get oh, yeah, back? I mean, I mean, it was it was fun actually doing this. Um, like I said, I'm, I'm with Charles. I'm not going to be a huge Genesis fan, but I always like, you know, listen to stuff that I'm not really familiar with to see if I like it. I mean, it wasn't a total hate fest. I like a couple of tunes off it, but it's something I just won't listen to again. Um, I, I'll listen to Nursery Prime or something like that with Peter Gabriel. I kind of like that era better. If you, can get first, if you can get through the first song on that album, it's actually a really good album. You don't like Abacab or Duke? What's that? Is that 10 minutes long, man? It's just way too fucking long. Wait, you, you, did, did you say if, if you get through the first song on what? Nursery Crime? Nursery Crime. It's like 10 minutes long. Isn't it? You, don't like the musical, you don't like the musical box? No. He's don't. a Pink Floyd fan. Isn't that weird? There's difference. There's something. I don't know what it is. But I like that album, though. That's, I'm gonna one, of my favorite, that's one of my favorite. I just don't like song. that song, but I like this about every other song out there. But I, gotta say the difference. I think I, the difference, and maybe Jerry agrees with me, the difference between Pink Floyd when they got all proggy and like this shit, we're talking about eating like elven, elvish bread or whatever the fuck they're going on about. Roger Waters stuff was more grounded in like reality. Like lyrically, yeah. you could understand what was going on. 
Whereas a lot of Prague goes into this like it's like 2001: A Space Odyssey, What's which I Starship to... Trooper by fucking yes, that song fucking rules. Because it's just like not grounded in reality. But it's awesome. Why do you want to hear all reality? You got to have the non-reality and the sci-fi. You got to like you like. Hey, let me listen to reality. I'll listen to all. Let well, me listen to something that's fucking gives me a vision of a starship trooper or fucking sticks all, come sail away. You know, you got I, shit like that. That fucking. I'm not saying you. that. Triumphs never surrender. The, you know. I love. Oh my god! But I love the Beatles. Benefit of Mr. Kite. I mean, it's just random about a, a concert a poster, but it's a circus imagery. I mean, it, it's hit and miss. I but I don't know about Terry, but Roger Waters' lyrics were more grounded in a sense of reality with yeah, the, music. Yeah, the story stories that Pink Floyd tells interest me a little bit more. That's probably what about that, that's fair. Stories that's fair. And 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 yes, doesn't have David Gilmore in the day. That's also true. But yes, I Trevor Rabin. I like Trevor Rabin better than James. I like Rabin. that era of yes. I like that era. Yeah, of because it, took, it, it he's a better vocalist than John Anderson. Hmm. Uh, yeah. Trevor Rabin. Yes. I, I, I oh yeah, I, I love it. But I love it when him and John blend. Yes, but when John was the only vocalist, John, I'm I'm very I love yes, but I'm very hit or miss with John Anderson, especially. His solo works awful. Oh, but I, yeah, I agree. He, I love own, owner of a lonely heart. Yeah, but that's with fucking yeah. Trevor. But that's Trevor the Rabin. Background with him, no. And like, Trevor is the main vocalist on my favorite on changes. Rocky, though, it's not really like pure yes. It was like a kind of a sellout track. One, no, yeah. it, it, that album. Me and what guess was there well, was a sellout track. No, that that wasn't even it wasn't even supposed to be a yes album. Right, it was a Trevor Raven. It was a Trevor Raven album, album dude. And Real, they just then the label made them call it yes. But the, no, because Chris Squire said I got uh, here a friend told Chris Squire here this guitar player he made this album. Trevor Raven had that album already mapped out as his solo album, and they sent the tracks to Chris. And Chris goes, this is amazing. I want part of it. So he brought Trevor in and they formed a band and then they sent the tracks to John and John goes, I want to be part of that. So that, and the record companies but didn't make it. They were going to call themselves, Nine, what are they going to call themselves? Cinema. 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 Def Leppard. Huh? Um, Nine Arm Def Leppard. Was that the era, Joseph, where uh, the guy that sang on the first Vinnie Vincent Albert album Fleischman? He was almost in Journey. He was almost in Journey. He wrote uh, Wheel in the Sky, dude. Yes. But Robert Fleischman was the singer of Vinnie Vincent, too. Yeah, yeah but he also I, wrote Wheel in the Sky. He was in, he was in Journey, not Yes. Yeah, he wrote, he, he wrote a couple songs. I don't know. I, I think I heard it on RMCP. No. They no, make he, up he was in Journey, shit, dude. Come on. <laughs> no, he was interviewed. Oh. I don't know. Yeah, I they, they have some cool fake funny. news on there, but he was part of the band for a little little while. So I yeah. think he was. He was. Yeah, absolutely, he was. But that, like that whole I, I, I have the original demos from Trevor Rabin on this on that album. That was his album. And there's a couple differences to it when they came in and they restructured the songs. But Trevor I Rabin is a fucking genius. I'm just he saying. was. But I think Fleischman was was. 
brought no, in the no. no, he's never. No. They sent the he was never in. He was I never part know. of it. They sent the tracks to John, and John wanted no, to be no. a part of it. Carl, he was I never. Heard. He was never a part of. Uh, never a part of. John yes. was. Oh, a part of a part of yes, you said. Oh no way! I don't think he ever. John was, was already no. out of yes with Trevor yes, Warren taking over in drama. So yeah. yeah, there. Well, there was no. There was no yes after 1980, and yeah. then they were going to make this band cinema. Cinema, and it was Raven and Chris Squire. I could be drunk, but I could believe on the interview he said he was taken into consideration. <laughs> no. Gotta Maybe later, and I, I'm going to listen to it again because I. Maybe think later, it, it, it wasn't. Right. I'm not going to. Wasn't that it? Was, it well, like that Ron Keel. Ron Keel. Oh, God Jesus. bless you, Ron Keel. <laughs> I mean, uh, Lee Lee Gerstmann Fest would be better at the next rock from Rock and Pod. <laughs> yeah, but if, Hank, Hank if, the Third Fest would be better. But just get us if, up on the uh, stage, if, and we'll sit if there. If Robert Fleischman was ever going to be included in, yes, it w it wasn't that era. No. No, 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 I'm just saying it was like in that, well, obviously in the 80s. Well, then it, it might have been later, but it wouldn't have been when Owner of Lonely Heart came out, because that was a spe separate band and that they made them called out Yes. Asia, you know, the Asia nonsense. And, I love Asia, I that first Asia, the first two Asia albums are amazing. Maybe I'm totally wrong. I could be. Now, even like Astro <laughs> with Go. Go is a good song, man. Get up and go. I would love to hear the Fleischman Journey stuff. Well, they, they uh, there is, on the box there set. is one track on the box set. On the box set. I wish there was more than one. Yeah. I, th like I think there might, shit? there might be a there might exist demos of him doing Wheel in the Sky with them. Yeah, they, I'm I not sure. But Charles, Vin you like that Vinnie Vincent shit? Vinnie Vincent. While I'm not a believer in he saved Kiss, was better or worse a phenomenal songwriter i don't know why he got a singer because he can sing on his own but yeah i, I mean i'm kind of iffy on that shit because he's such a weirdo yeah but he's and he fucks the fans over ask jerry <laughs> and, 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 i'm still i'm still waiting Vinny. <laughs> You're getting, but you're getting two, right? He said he'd send two. Exactly, send everybody a two. When's when that you guitar were... again? Gem, uh, Armageddon. Guitar Armageddon. I don't really dig his guitar playing that much, but I do enjoy his songwriting. You know how bad? You know how unholy bad? speaks for itself. Do you know how bad Vinnie Vincent is? That no. Chrysalis Records took away his fucking <laughs> recording contract and gave it to Mark Slaughter. <laughs> yeah, Trump fucked him over too. And I love though. fucking that's, slaughter. That's a really. I love Dana fucking slaughter too. <laughs> but yeah, that's cool. But Dana Strom is a piece of shit from everything I've ever heard. Really, I met him. He was a really cool dude. And he introduced uh, Brad Gillis to uh, uh, Shannon and Ozzy, I believe too. I don't know. I mean, I've heard he's fucked some people over in his day. Well, yeah, that's from Vincent's camp, though. You know, he's a bitch. Yeah. Dana Strum, you know, they they felt bad taking it from him. Chrysalis offered it to him because they didn't see Vinny going anywhere. I oh, I mean, you may want to you may want to investigate a little more mm -hmm. on that. And that's from our own people. I, I you remember I listened to RMCP religiously for years. Yeah. So you like check on that. I I, I don't yeah. stop listening. I listen to them all the time too. I think yeah. to them more than you do now. 
like Robert Fleischman probably said that maybe. on the interview. They did do an interview with Robert Fleischman, so maybe I need well, to go he, back and listen. He, to he wouldn't have been he wouldn't he wouldn't have been in the band anymore when when that all happened, though. But he would have known Dana Strum. That's true. That's that's the point. I've heard mixed things about that man. I don't know him personally. I, I, I've heard the same thing, Charles. Yeah, I don't know, but Slaughter, yeah, horrible. Thank God for you, Kurt Cobain. Yeah, so, they yeah. still kept. They're they're going and Nirvana isn't. So uh. yeah, well, Mark, it's it's it, it, it's nothing to brag about. I've you, seen them a couple like times. Mark, you didn't like Mark Slaughter's two solo albums. I don't know about his solo albums, but they sound awful live. Uh, well, I'm going to see them November 11th. I will. You know, I'll be Good honest. Good luck. You Good know, luck. I'll, you know, I will be honest. Don't say I, it rules. I said, I, I said, Motley Crue sucked live. I've, I've seen Slaughter yes, three times in the last couple of years. It is not good. Hey, Joseph, I said <laughs> Motley Crue on the stadium tour sucked. How many times? They did. They did. How many times <laughs> I said I said Def Leppard and Poison and Joan Jett were way better. How many times did you see Motley Crue? Once. That's it. Okay. Well, maybe back on Shout at the Devil, they would have been great. Saw them then? Yeah. No. I said maybe if I did, but I saw them at their... Worst. I don't know. You seem pretty happy to me. Well, see, Molly Crew. You're whipping out your cock. <laughs> pull it out. I was ripping out my little dog. Your man boo. You got a little dog? Is that what you're saying? About? Oh, no, <laughs> like Tommy dog? Lee did on stage, where he took this poor little dog after his pants. <laughs> I'm just fucking with him, man. And I don't really care if you go see. Goddamn Britney Fox. The fuck Britney Fox? I the, saw them this year. Oh, they sucked bad. Good they sucked bad. I know, and I kind of like that album. That's so sad. Um, we all have weaknesses. But, uh, I didn't choose to see Britney Fox. They were the opening band of a festival, and they sucked but this bad. But there, right? No, it's just... Um, he, if you yeah. know Dizzy Dean, no brilliance. You have Dizzy Dean. You're rocking. You're good. Nothing like Cinderella's stunt double music. Nothing. I mean, I would love to see Tom Kiefer. Oh, I would he was good. Too. He was good. I saw him last year. He was really good. I mean, He's got I mean, a killer, I killer band, man. He, and he does plays, have a great fucking band. Yeah, he plays like the Ikea Fest. And yeah. Stuff. I don't care. I'll, Ikea. Like, <laughs> You seen BOC at the swap meet, Mark, but it ruled, didn't it? Oh, fuck yeah. That swap meet had a fucking great fucking stage with all those video screens. If you saw two of those videos, I got more BOC videos to put up. And Mark Farnar's American <laughs> band. That fucking old D could fucking shred. See? <laughs> fuck. See, I know about that stadium shit. If you go see a good band... Don't don't lie to me about how Aces is good as used to be though. Don't lie to me. I don't know he's... how he used to be. I saw him th three no. times. No, he's good. Yes, no, he's not. Ace, please quit. Go relax with Kiss. Kiss, please quit. And I and Kavanaugh saw him together, and it was a great show. He, he asked him. I don't. Let, I me, don't... Let, let me tell you this. Let me tell you this. Over the summer. I had a chance to see Ace Freely less than 20 minutes from my house 
at a bike week, six feet from the stage for twenty bucks, and I didn't go. Oh, his band is because I saw man. and I saw the videos, and I made the right decision. <laughs> no, and I love Ace. I just go do what Peter did. It's amazing that Peter is the most sensible. Yeah. Of all those guys. He just chills. Yep. St sits at home, does whatever he's doing. Yes. Relax, retire. Let a real band like Ghost take up the steed. Huh, Mark? How, how, many song, how many songs do you have to now, Mark? Six. Yeah, but Jerry played, Jerry, Jerry played one last week on the show, and I said, Jerry, your 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 4-0 streak went away because this song sucks. Hey, you love, you love BOCs. You, BOC, you should love Spillways. Dude, Mummy, Mummy Dust is a great fucking song. Dude. I love that song. I didn't like Mummy Dust. That sounded like uh, just fucking pure, like, Rob Zombie. What? What? Hold on, what? Like, new, <laughs> what, like new white, white zombie, not like... Uh, no, not like new Rob Zombie. Not like it just sounded like industrial, like shit to me. That song. Oh, okay. Alrighty then. So, uh, tracks of the week, huh? Tracks of the week. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I was trying to get there, and you guys went off on a tangent there. Uh, Joseph, you picked Steve Hackett, Devil's Cathedral. I did. Check it out. Sure. And then uh, I picked uh, Phil Collins from the great album Face Value. Oh, not Face Value. Whatever it was. Long, long way to go. <laughs> I fucking love that track. That's the one where they asked Noel to sign an autograph on it, and he was like, fuck you, and fuck him. What was that about with the red face? No, that was about... No jacket required. No jacket required. <laughs> yeah. But it was about face, where he signed, fuck you, and fuck him. But, oh, face value? Yeah. yeah God bless the power. But I pick Long, Long Way to Go. I, th I love that fucking song, the way he, his vocals are in there. And then Jerry, because I was going to pick a Peter Gabriel song, but Jerry beat me to it. He picked In Your Eyes by Peter Gabriel. Nice. The uh, best solo album of all the Genesis members. So, yeah. A great yeah. album. Great fucking record. That's I love my favorite. All Peter's solo albums. That's my favorite Peter Gabriel song, is In Your Eyes. Yeah. Really? I love it. Yeah. I love Shock the Monkey. That's a good song. Uh, or fucking that song, the Barry Williams show. Oh, and no, 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 Sledgehammer either. I like his what his last album. Up, he had a song called the Barry Williams show, where he's talking like with those talk shows where they like people to get to Barry fight. And Williams, shit. I just remember Barry Williams did the I'm Barry Williams. This I'm the Barry Williams like the Eminem song. I'll, I'll send I'll send you the fucking song called the Barry Williams show by Peter Gabriel. I love Brady Brady Brunt Brady Bunch oh, love. Talking about like Maury Maury shit, like we get these people up here to argue because it makes good TV. The Barry yeah. Williams show, you know, he's doing shit. I will listen to it, believe it or not. Finally, fucking great yeah. song, man. But then uh, Charles, I think he just went this to fucking just go fuck up. Fucking, what are you gonna say, Charles, on this one? Slayer, Rain and Blood. <laughs> Real music. <laughs> Thank you. My number two on the uh, thrash big four yep. band list, and still my favorite album by Slayer. Whether it's too popular or not, I don't care. 
Fuck yes, Rain and Blood. I've never, <laughs> I've never in my life been in a, a more active pit than when I saw Slayer and they played Rain and Blood. Hey, at least and you were in a pit. I fucking ran from that shit. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, but well, I, I got my knee just dislo- my knee fucking hurt in nineteen ninety nine. I couldn't go in a pit that time. So, so is that why you hate Slayer, Mark? No, I hate Slayer because the fucking singing is atrocious. And listen to the drumming. I and love then... Dave Lombardo and other bands like uh, Testament, fucking uh, Suicidal. I don't like him in Slayer. Well, because it rules. No, <laughs> because Tom's vocals. It has no groove. Only no vocals. Has no fucking oh, groove no, it's just like straight it's like a chainsaw that has one fucking tone tom is my favorite vocalist of the big four you know yeah you know nobody nobody can do a fucking metal scream like tom can do best metal vocalist all time is john bush that's great i think he's fucking great He's fine, but I mean, you know, Ronnie James Dio. No, I said one of the best. Yeah. I said one of the, well, Dio is my number one. No, dude. you said he's the best. Right, he's one of the best. Yeah. So he's one of the best metal vocalists. He's still alive, so oh, I'm kind of pimping more he Bush. He said the best. Right now he is. Better than Ozzy. Right now he is. Oh, better yeah. I, I like John Bush's vocals way better than Ozzy's, even though I like the albums. With Ozzy, a little, oh little bit God, more better. Dickinson, your dude. I love Dickinson, but that that dude <laughs> could crack sometimes. I mean, I give you Diano. You don't like real metal, Luke, but that's. I like that. Didn't I say glorious things about that album? No, no. I though. said it was good. You said Dickinson sang him better, except he one did song. Sing him better. No, but I said it was a good album. <laughs> Come on. Come the fuck on. You like Hagar. So? I mean, upset. You like King Diamond. He rules. He doesn't. Yes, he does. No, he doesn't. Does never, not- never been topped. Never been Thank topped. Thank you. Oh, number of the Beast fucking kicks those albums in the ass and says, get the fuck out of here. The, the, new, the, king, the king is in town and my name is Bruce, bitch. Opera man. Yes, Bruce is a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, and he, and he fucking helped out Diano, didn't he? Yeah. All right. No, he's a bitch. No, Steve he's Harris did. No, that, but that's part of the whole band. They all vote on it. Oh it's, well, I'm sure. I'm sure they all put their names. Hey, in the hat. you know, people can say you want about Bruce, man. His, I know his voice isn't the same as it was, but it's holding out pretty good. And he it is. On the yeah. show. He's he a does. great. I saw, I saw them live last year. He sounded great. Great, yeah, like Glenn Hughes. Glenn Hughes rules, but Glenn Hughes is playing in Rip Fest, and he does. And, and, uh, and uh, Iron Maiden is playing stadiums and arenas, like you talking Iron... about Guns and Roses. And, and and if this wasn't on the cover of Iron Maiden albums, they'd be playing Rip Fest. Oh God, you guys are that fucking con- the propaganda. In the end, the it's end, the music. Are... Nobody in talks the end, about right? the covers. They talk. The oh, did you see? Did you see that cover? Did you see that cover? But did you hear Aces High? Did you hear the rhyme of the Ancient Mariner? If they didn't have good songs, those covers would mean shit. 
Why are you wearing a Dodgers hat? They're not in the playoffs. Uh, <laughs> well, is Cleveland in the playoffs? Uh, and by the way, I hear you, but the Iron Maiden is popular now because of Kardashians wearing that t-shirt. And uh, I love Maiden, but with the real singer, Diano. Uh, yeah, I do. Right, love him. All right. Well, I know oh. you picked Slate, Rain and Blood to say fuck well, I love Slayer more than them. No, but you wanted to say fuck you, Genesis, fucking Slayer. Yes, real. <laughs> I got I think the symbolism so. on that song. And, uh, and I'm right. And I'm right. I'm right with Charles. I like Slayer a lot more than I like Genesis. Oh <laughs> fuck me, <laughs> Reamer. Yeah, that's why I love Joseph on these shows. All right, man. Uh, Damn it, he loves unmasked. He likes the good kiss shit. And yes. But I, hey, I didn't hate the Genesis album as much as I thought. So there you go. All right, man. Okay. So, final thoughts, Jerry? Um, like I said, you know, it's it uh, always fun to do these, you know, albums that I'm not familiar with, even though I didn't like it. It was fun to do. I love have, hanging, talking to all you guys about it. You know, leave us a good review, man. We love doing this stuff, and I hope you love it too. Joseph, thank you for being on again, man. We love having you on. Yes, thank you for always having me on. Love to be loving on here. And uh, I really can't. Actually, I don't know what the hell we're doing. I can't say what we're doing next week anyway. <laughs> but, anyway, um, you know, this was a lot of fun. I always have fun doing this with you guys. So Yeah, man. You know what? N next time I'll have what we're doing next week so we can promote it because I know what will come out. Well, I mean, it's just coming out for what seven weeks, eight weeks. Yeah, so it really because, matter, I don't because think. we we have lives. Sometimes shit we can't record. Except for when we do holiday shit fest, <laughs> we'll do that in the moment. That's a new tradition here. All right, Joseph, man, I I just want to thank you for coming on. You're always welcome on anything we do, BS sessions, anything. Uh, fucking, you're a great guest. You're a great friend. You're a great dude to talk to, man. <laughs> You know, Thank you very much. I know I, I make you laugh a lot because of my choices, but that's okay. I, I get it. <laughs> Not everybody has good music taste. Sorry. I'm joking. <laughs> well, you shouldn't joke. Just be honest. <laughs> I was kind of being an elitist there. I'm being trendy yeah. again. Ah, oh, fuck me. But uh, jo uh, Joseph, any final thoughts, man? Uh, no, just uh, thank you guys so much for having me on. I always enjoy being on here. It's always a great time, and I'm glad we got to talk about this album. Has got some diverse opinions on the album, and you know what? That's what it's all about—just talking about music and different different stuff. So yeah, no, always always love being on here. Charles, the star, take us out, man. Well, exactly, and you know I'm always excited when Joseph's on, and it's fun uh, always. And uh, didn't turn me into a Genesis fan. But I wasn't too brutal. I don't think I was that bad on it. There was that last song's worth listening to. Go back and rewind it, listeners. Don't just skip it like Andy Hughes does. And go back and listen to it. That's a good song. And uh, it's always fun. Um, hope to have Joseph on again uh, next time. I, I I think I get to pick it. Yep, <laughs> and, uh, but we always we always look forward to you having on. I'm drunk as usual, and <laughs> let's just wrap it up and get into fucking Slayer, Rain and Blood, real metal, huh, Mark? 
Right on, man. I'm going to let you end it there. Later, guys.
for the best of rock and heavy metal and some Duran Duran. <laughs> Just joking. Where am I? Tune into thatmetalstation.com every Tuesday night to hear the Freeform Rock Show. 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern, only on thatmetalstation.com. You have just listened to the Freeform Rock Podcast. All music played on the Freeform Rock Podcast belongs to its owner. If you like it, go out and buy it. Get your music on Amazon, iTunes, or at your local record store. Support what you love. Support the artist by seeing them live. Purchase their music. The Freeform Rock Podcast is not affiliated with any of the artists or music that we play. Thank you for listening to the Freeform Rock Podcast. We'll see you on the next episode. Until next time, stay free and rock on.